What is the best pricing strategy for your Airbnb listing? You've probably asked this question and we're going to address that with John on here on the Fearless Investor Podcast. If you are serious about building your short-term rental business to 10,000, 20,000, maybe even $30,000 a month or more, you have come to the right place. My name is Kyle Stanley and this is the Fearless Investor Podcast where we teach you all things short-term rentals. The best guests, the best tools, the best strategies. There are so many investing paths out there. It can be seriously overwhelming to start out as a new investor, but take it from me, short-term rentals is the best and the quickest way to build your cash flow. So buckle up, listen in, and get ready to conquer the world of short-term rentals. Here we go. Hey, I need to take a really quick break from this podcast. And if you are a loyal listener of the Fearless Investor Podcast, you're probably either a business owner or looking to start a business. And for that reason, you need to make sure you're doing things correctly down to the T from forming the correct LLC to bookkeeping to understanding the tax code and more. It's all really the boring stuff, but it can make or break your business. In fact, if you aren't doing it correctly, you could be like 98% of other business professionals in the U.S. and overpay on taxes. Don't do that, guys. Be the 2%, and that's why I rely on Easier Accounting, and so should you. Easier Accounting is a team of tax professionals that will set up your LLC, keep your books, file your taxes, and they can even repair your credit. And just so you know, I myself use Easier Accounting, and this came after using a similar company that, really being blunt here, completely ripped me off. So when I started using Easier Accounting, I came in a little bit skeptical, but as I started talking to them, I could really tell they had my best interests at heart. And you know me, if I'm not a professional, I'm not going to do it myself. I'm going to outsource that stuff. And I hope you will do the same and use that same mindset to hire professionals to help you form and manage your business. Easier Accounting is absolutely the way to go. Go check them out at fearlesskyle.com forward slash easier accounting. Hey, Fearless community, before we get the show started, I want to let you know that you now have the chance to get direct access to me in order to grow and strengthen your short-term rental business. How? The Six Figure Formula Membership. I'm the only one in this space offering this value-packed membership for a stupid, stupid low price of $49 per month, and you get access to me my podcast guests, you get to be a part of our amazing private community. You get our full A to Z business in a box STR kickstart course. And maybe most exciting, especially for me, you get exclusive discounts that we worked for months to get that no one else is getting out there. Price Labs, AirDNA, NoiseAware, HostAway, and so many more at your fingertips. So become a part of this 6FF movement. Get started today for just $49 a month at fearlesskyle.com forward slash 6FF. Hey guys, welcome in. And we did this interview, as always, live in our six-figure formula. Stayed on for a little bit longer afterward to answer questions from our members. So if you haven't checked that out yet, make sure you do. Fearlesskyle.com forward slash 6FF. Now, those of you out there, Team Fearless, I'm really excited for this topic today because it's one that I get asked all the time from students, from people on Airbnb Masterminds, our free Facebook group, to DMs on Instagram. What is your pricing strategy? And you'll hear my answer to that during this interview with John, but John is the real expert here about pricing and revenue management. This guy was able to get over $200,000 per year on his two-bedroom, two-baths in Hawaii Compared to the competition, he's blowing them out of the water and he does it with data, with facts, 
with all of the key indicators that you need to, not just going off of a gut feeling of what should I price it with. And he goes beyond just AirDNA and beyond Price Labs. And he's going to tell you a little bit about how he does it and how he can do it for you too. John is with Tech Tape. He started Tech Tape a little bit ago as another way to just add more value to other hosts out there in the industry. And he's going to show you how you can join Tech Tape or even just get more information on it with no stress, no pressure by the end of this call. So yes, you can stick around to the end to find out what that's all about and how you can join Tech Tape or just get a free call from Tech Tape and get more information. And that's going to also be in the show notes for the podcast and then YouTube description down below. You can go ahead and set up a call right away. But let's get to it right now with John on here on the Fearless Investor Podcast. All right, guys, uh, really excited to be live here in the Six Figure Formula Group with John on. Uh, we had Richie on yesterday. And for those of you that are listening on the podcast or watching on YouTube on recording, you need to jump into the Six Figure Formula because we've got people like John, like Richie from Price Labs coming in and giving amazing value and you get the chance to also ask questions and participate in all of these recordings. Um, so, John, um, just excited to have you on here and uh, ready to talk uh, and geek out a little bit more on pricing strategies today, man. Thanks for being on. Well, thanks for having me on, Kyle. Uh, I've, I've always respected what you would do for the community, and so I'm excited to be able to share what I have to share with uh, with everyone here. Hey, right back at you, man. And I know we connected on Clubhouse back in the day when we had nothing else to do except for sit at home and wait for COVID to, to pass by us. Uh, but I, what I've come to know about you is that you are extremely good at revenue management, but you also have a portfolio of your own. So I know you've got some experience with short-term rentals. What's your craziest short-term rental story that you've got for us? No, craziest short-term rental story. Well, um, I think the craziest short-term rental story is um, my first booking.com booking ended up being an orgy at one of my uh, oh. properties. <laughs> I hope you could bleep this out, but uh, that uh, was not okay. a good start. But um, <laughs> I don't think any kids are on here trying to build an Airbnb business, so I think you're good. Yeah, but <laughs> I will say the, the craziest real estate investing uh, thing was I had to have five transactions all happen within sequence within a two-week period. When I first started my uh, my investing business, that was about 10 years ago. And I was like, if I can do, make this work, I can make anything else work. <laughs> yeah, seriously, five transactions in two weeks. That's that's crazy. Most people won't do that in a lifetime and you're doing it in two weeks. Good for you, man. All right, cool. Well, I mean, let's, you know, before we start talking pricing strategies and everything, let's kind of back it up and and go back to what you were doing before short-term rentals give me give me kind of your journey into this industry it's uh it's kind of a zigzag all, all all across um this is like my sixth career right now so um I'm i started you. out as an architect by training so i okay and then i worked as an architect then i decided i wanted to go into sustainability consulting within the architecture world and to do that i actually went back to college or to uh, grad school and there i got a master's and a doctorate so that was another wow. career. That was about a six-year stint. And then I practiced as a sustainability consultant. While I was doing that, I saw some amazing developers. So I said, when I grow up, I want to be a developer. And then so after my sustainability, I actually stopped my nine to five and started developing houses, ground up new construction wow. houses. And when you're developing houses, it's always cash out, not cash in. And so on a on a vacation to Hawaii is when I heard that short-term rentals generated some positive cash flow. And I started with one property and, uh, and so I built up 
short-term rental business out in Hawaii, uh, living in New Jersey. And through that, I started recognizing that I was really good with the revenue management. I was bringing mm -hmm. in 200,000 plus gross revenue per two-bedroom, two-bath condo that I was I wow. managed. Wow. Um, and people started asking me to do that. And so that's where my technology and revenue management business started from. So now I'm in my sixth career, hopefully my last, but you never know. Well, <laughs> and, and, you know, just talking about the idea of development and especially construction, like you know, those are those are big time businesses that come with a lot of stress. Um, yes. It's funny to me whenever people are like, hey, I'm worried about starting an Airbnb arbitrage. And what if I spend $15,000 and it doesn't <laughs> work? I'm like, well, guess what? Then you've made probably the the smallest mistake in starting a new business than any business out there. So can you just talk really quickly about like all of the stress and risks that came with those past businesses versus short-term rentals? Yeah. I mean, I... Being an architect, I really enjoyed the development process. I loved, you know, buying that property, envisioning what it could be, highest and best value, you know, designing and everything. So I still enjoyed it. But I mean, talk about stress. Um, mm. Everything from the town taking like six months to approve permits, right? And so you have carrying costs. They're supposed to be written like a month legally, but, you know, they just take their sweet time. Yep. You know? prices of uh, materials and labor go up during construction. Yep. So your budget is blown that way. Um, you have inspections, you know, along the line. And, you know, if you fail inspections, there's another two to three weeks that, you know, that you've lost. And so there's just a lot of variables that take time. And that's why I think most people say real estate is a very slow and steady business. And it is right. And most real estate areas, are very tech slow, right? Very adverse to uh, adopting tech. Short-term rentals, on the other hand, moves very quickly. And like you said, $15,000, I mean, that's, you know, I could spend $15,000 in a day going to, you know, buying plumbing, plumbing fixtures yeah. for a house, right? So, yeah, I mean, the risk was immense. And I would say as COVID was hitting, yeah, I was panicked. I mean, in hindsight, I wish I hadn't sold before COVID, right? Mm. But at that time when that was coming, I was like, I have to get the soul because once COVID hits, you know, it, it's gonna, you know, so. Well, you're giving me more confidence for a decision I made a few months back to sell a lot that had been sitting for a year because permits were just taking forever with the city. So I got in and out of that and made a nice profit without having to go through the, the stress of new construction. But let me ask you, um, with deciding like, hey, you know, short-term rental seems like a really good way to at least get the cash coming in. Did you go the arbitrage route? Did you still buy the properties? Were you managing and co-hosting? How did you get in and see that the the cash flow start to come in? Yeah, so my fundamental uh, thesis was I want to build out a system so every year I could buy one property and slot it in and not get to a point where I'm like, oh my God, I this is a great opportunity, but I'm overloaded. My You know, mm -hmm. my team can't handle it. So everything was about buying, owning, and operating. Um, okay. And I was on track, you know, three years, three properties, uh, and we still own it and we still run it. But COVID, that kind of changed the trajectory. And mm. I stopped purchasing, you know, during COVID. And ever since, I've actually stopped purchasing properties and I've started co-hosting and helping other managers or other owners in Hawaii with the full, you know, full gamut of what they need to 
you know, run their business or be profitable, actually. So, you know, I always hear about, and, and I know this is going to be a little bit off topic, but I got to ask with Hawaii, there's lots of regulations and it seems to depend on which island you're on. And there's a lot of regulations anywhere in the world, right? But but still, you look at it and you see like thousands of listings on Airbnb. Is that just a bunch of people doing it illegally or, or are they grandfathered in? Like how, how are you able or what are you seeing about the competition, especially in a highly regulated area like Hawaii? Yeah. So a couple factors. Uh, one, when I was getting in, and this was about eight years ago now, and this is when New York City, if you remember, was just starting to crack down on Airbnbs uh, mm -hmm. way back then. And me being an architect, my wife being a lawyer, we did our zoning research and we only bought and we only do it in the legal areas. So okay. our, our business is actually somewhat helped by the regulations now. Cool. You're still seeing a lot of listings. Some probably are operating illegally. But the other aspect is uh, Hawaii implements these uh, regulations that they have no way of enforcing. Mm. And so there's a lot of, it's not that people are doing it illegally, but like there are some, some regulations that are, um, there's an injunction. So the city can't do anything about it, right? Sure. So it's, it's a lot of uh, gray area in Hawaii. And I think that's, that's what I will say to keep this uh, short. But I, I am part of the leadership of the advocacy groups both yeah. on Oahu and at the, I created a state level organization so that we can get fair and, uh, you know, kind of, we could be part of that discussion. Well, I think too, one of the things that you said that I'm always encouraging people to do is if, if you do it kosher and you do it, you know, above board, then when people, when regulations do start to come down that are a little bit more strict, then you're typically going to be the one that's protected because you've done it the right way from the get go. So I like regulations. I'm in a market right now that doesn't have regulations. And I'm like, you need to kick out 50% of these people over here because, because uh, we, we've got a lot of saturation over here. Um, and I'm, I'm trying my best to, to try to look at just how in the world is the city going to get people out. So out, outside of that, though, John, the reason that we're here is because you're really good at revenue management. And we are always talking with Richie from Price Labs. And we're always talking about a lot of my students are just always like, am I doing the right thing? Am I pricing the right way? And you seem to have kind of figured out a really good formula. So have you always been a numbers person? Like what, what was it that about revenue management that you started to just get this niche and run with it? I'm definitely an analytical uh, guy, cool. but I'm not a data nerd, right? I'm not one that like tries to stream in all the data, but I, I'm very picky about the kind of data that I use. And I have a thesis about what data is useful and what data is not. I think that's one of the differentiators that we bring to the table. So when I started my, you know, when I had my first property, I spent a lot of time on revenue management. And I think one of the benefits was because I owned, I could experiment. I tried this, I tried that. I tried a lot of different things because at the end of the day, I just had to answer to myself. And so I had years of, you know, one, two, three properties that was just my own. And, you know, people would always say, well, if you're, you know, 85 to 90% occupied, that means you're pricing too low. Meanwhile, my two bedroom, two bath condos are bringing in 200,000 K gross. Yeah. And I'm like, am I pricing too low? I'm like, how, how can that be? Right. Yeah. And then through these iterations, I came to understand it's how you get to that hundred percent. You can be getting to hundred percent occupancy and absolutely killing it, or you could be getting to 100% occupancy 
and leaving 30, 40, 50% on the table. And that's where I started, you know, kind of developing strategies on how, you know, what's the strategy that you implement to maximize, optimize your, your revenue based on your risk profile. I could not agree more. Uh, I think there's rules and exceptions to everything. I think the rule is if you're at 100% occupancy, you're leaving money on the table. But the exception is if you know what you're doing and you're getting top level prices and you're still able to fill those gaps to get to 100%, right. then you're killing it, right? So, you know, I, I know we're also going to talk about how you help people and how you do this for people, but Give us just a few tips of like, if I'm, you know, I, I see one of our students, Dan is in here. Dan is always asking about what's the best pricing strategy and how can I make sure that I'm pricing the right way? Just a few tips of like what you do that's mm -hmm. different than other people. I don't, I don't want to hear the same, like, make sure your listing is good and make sure that you've got your, you know, your minimum night stay set. Like, give me, give me some of the juicy stuff that you do that's different than other people. Yeah. So First and foremost, I'm the last guy who will talk about listing, right? So what I'm doing is whatever that unique property listing that you have online, because that's what people are buying. They're not buying the stay. They're mm. buying the picture, the ratings and all that. Whatever you have online, what Tech Tape is finding is what the market will bear, what people, guests who are traveling, are willing to pay, as opposed to I have a hot tub, so I should add $20 a night. I have a five-star rating, so I should add five help. Like, I don't care mm. what that actual physical property is. We are finding what is that you know, market fair, market value of the property that guests are booking as opposed to what are my competitors doing. Mm. That's a, interesting. It's a, it's a fundamental, it's very similar, but it's a mind shift in thinking how you approach revenue management. Well, yeah, hundred percent. Because I'm doing, I'm doing the the way where I'm looking at competitors, and I'm saying like, okay, if I got a three bedroom, two bath without a hot tub or without a pool, uh, then if I do get a pool or get a hot tub, then what are my competitors pricing for that, and is it worth the ROI? But what you're saying is, no matter if it's a three bedroom, two bath that looks like it's from the '90s, or a three bedroom, two bath that looks like it's newly renovated, has the hot tub, has all the great amenities, you're gonna price it the same way, or you're going to price it based on the condition of the home, not compared to condition of other properties. I'm going to base it, price it based on, it's very simple. Occupancy is the ultimate uh, KPI or indicator to see okay. what the market will bear. Right. So very simple example. You know, some people are like, oh my God, I'm a hundred percent booked for the summer and they think they're killing it. And that's when, you know, you're leaving money on the table. So we have kind of a, based on our client's uh, strategy, like a target occupancy based on how far out it is and what your market is. And in very simplistic terms, if you're ahead of that occupancy, probably means you're priced too low. If you're behind, you know, if you're behind it, you're probably priced too high. And so we're calibrating it. And so to your example, if you have a three bedroom, you know, property with pool, but one is updated, one is not, the market will tell you that the one that's updated is worth more. Mm -hmm. And we will find out what that market, what the people who are booking are valuing that as opposed to saying, since mm. my neighbor has a pool, Got my it. property, you know, and start chasing what other people are doing, 
And I see time and again, especially in a, in a market that's slowing down where, you know, people are like, well, my neighbor's doing this. Okay. I've discounted the price by 10% and I'm still empty. It doesn't matter because the market is saying at this point in time, that 10% discount is not substantial enough. On the mm. flip side, when there's a compression, you know, when there's a high demand, I mean, last, last two years, a lot of people thought they were killing it because they were 20% higher than, you know, what they were the year before, you know, multiple of my clients were 90% higher than the 90th percentile of the market, right? Wow. Because you keep, you keep, you know, it's like riding a wave. You keep finding, you know, what the market will bear. And then at a certain point you will see, okay, we've crested. So that's, I know it sounds very simplistic and it takes system and process and everything to continue to do that, but it's like driving, right? You have your hands on the wheel, eyes on the road, then it's like little adjustments constantly yeah. and it's easy. But if you don't have your hands on the wheel, you have to like swerve to try to not hit something. Yeah. And that's essentially what we are with the drivers and Price Labs, a real house is like the Formula One uh, car and you need the driver and the car to win the Grand Prix. All right, listen up. If you are not using Price Labs, you are literally throwing money in the trash. Dynamic pricing is a must in our industry. If you don't know what that is, dynamic pricing is just a fancy term for supply and demand pricing. When demand is high, Price Labs will get you high price bookings. And when demand is low, it will fill up your calendar while the competition overprices themselves and leaves everything vacant. I was dumb in the beginning of my short-term rental journey. I thought I could do it all without Price Labs. So one day I just said, you know what? Enough is enough. I'm going to try this thing out. And immediately my income went up 15 to 20% on my listings. I really was kicking myself. I should have been using this from the beginning. So don't make the same mistake as me. Get started with your free 30-day trial at fearlesskyle.com forward slash price labs. Or even better, how about getting 25% off your first six months as a thank you for being a part of the STR six-figure formula membership? That's right. Go to fearlesskyle.com forward slash 6FF to become a member and claim that discount today. So when when you're talking about getting the market value, is Tech Tape using a combination of price labs and wheelhouse and air dna to go figure out what that number is or are you what what technologies are you using so we are tech agnostic so with some clients we use price for the revenue side we right. use price labs for some other clients we use wheelhouse we also incorporate maybe air dna and maybe key data but the fundamental approach is if you know you can make data say whatever you want right you, you Turn it enough and you can make data say whatever you want. So what we do is we like to take the data of multiple sources. And if they point in the same trend, then we know that that should be kind of an accurate direction. If they diverge, then it means that we need to look a little further into, okay, is this market, you know, heating up, slowing down, uh, what, what not. So yeah, we're big on kind of triangulating amongst multiple data sources as opposed to being pegged to one data source and trying to make all decisions based on that. So what are some of those KPIs, key performance indicators that you're looking for when you go on to these multiple platforms? Is it just revenue and occupancy? Is it trends of the, the market for what they were compared to 21 and 22? Or like, what, what are some of those things that help you to be able to say, okay, I've looked at three different technologies, they all are pointing in an upward trend, so we're going for it. So I said occupancy before and pacing report. Those are the two 
you know, two things that I'm looking at because those indicate trends that are happening, right? Pacing. And the pacing report is? Is how quickly, you know, your people are booking, right? And it could be your property or the, within, the, within the market, how fast, you know, when properties are getting booked, right? Mm-hmm. So again, if you're behind pace, you're probably pay, uh, priced a little bit too high. If you're ahead of pace, you're probably pacing, uh, pricing a little too, uh, too low. Again, it, these are not absolutes and there's a lot mm-hmm. of judgment calls that go in, but those are what I'm looking at to look out. Okay. You, of course, have to look you know, year over year, quarter over, over quarter, you know, last month to this month as a business, but looking at past performance, predict future performance is like driving forward by looking in the rearview mirror. Right. Right. And so- I use that kind of data to benchmark after the fact to see how did we perform, but I don't look at year over year to try to say, well, last year I charged 200, this year I'm going to charge 220. Like that, there's very little correlation, especially in short-term rentals because so many economic factors, travel factors, 100%. shift things. 100%. I mean, we I, have I hope property. I'm not like... You know, disrupting everything, but like that's not disrupting, but like, you know, being no. uh, contentious about everything, but that's what has worked for our system. Yeah. That's not to say that's the only way revenue management can be done, but that is the process that we're taking. Yeah. Well, you said something too that I, you know, I kind of have a, a theory that, all right, if the market is, for example, on average booking out 14 days ahead of time, then I want to be within about 15 to 20% of that number. And if I am, whether I'm on the good side or the bad side of that, right? If I'm only booking out, let's call it 12 days ahead of time or only 16 or, or more than that in 16 days ahead of time in the future, I'm, I'm typically right around that. And as long as I'm getting around the same price, ideally a little bit of a higher price, then I know, hey, my properties are probably the best properties that people are booking. But then like to me, if I'm getting only 10 days at a time and the market's getting 14, but I'm getting 30, 40% higher prices, I'm I'm okay with that. So I think there's some give and take there too. And it can't just be like everything is cookie cutter and in the same box. And that's exactly, there's a lot of SaaS out there, right? Let me say this. I hear a lot of people say, you know, I tried Price Labs or I tried Wheelhouse, you know, you can let their chain and it didn't work, right? Yep. I was one of those. <laughs> it's not that it didn't work. It's like you have to know how to use yeah. those tools. And yep. so my anal- I use a lot of analogies. I apologize. But it's kind of like someone going to Home Depot, buying the same exact hammer that the carpenter can buy and coming home and saying, I bought that hammer and the house didn't build itself. It, it yep. doesn't work, right? It's not the tool, it's the carpenter. Exactly. And, yeah. and anyone on this call can be the carpenter, but it takes a lot of time and process to, to do that. Because what you just said about, you know, 12 days out, 14 days out, 10 days out and all that, what we're doing is essentially, you know, 10 days out, one month out, three months out, six, we're constantly monitoring that entire timeline. And based on what you want out of your revenue performance, we're calibrating it so that it's tailored to your strategy. Does that make sense? Oh, it does. It 100%. And, and here's like, I'll give you my answer for this question. Then I want to hear your answer. When people ask me, what's the best pricing strategy or what's your pricing strategy? I'm just telling them, listen, 
I'm throwing a bunch of things at the wall on each property and seeing what, what sticks. And then I'm going with that strategy for that property. Like I don't have a, well, if it's this size in this location, then it's this strategy. If it's this size and this, like, no, I'm, I'm just saying, okay, I think this thing is gonna make $500 a night, but guess what? If it only makes $400 a night, I, I'm just going to roll with that. And I'm going to try to get as highly occupied at $400 a night as I possibly can. So what, what about you? I mean, when people ask you that question, what's your best pricing strategy or what pricing strategy are you using? How do you answer that question? So the strategy shifts, like you don't pick a strategy and do it. You just, right. It's like sports, right? Like you can't just say, here's a game plan and just execute that. Right. You have yeah. to adjust as, as the playing field, you know, well, some audible adjust, right? Yeah. So it shifts. The other thing that I'll say is if you go to buy a stock portfolio or something with a financial advisor, right? They ask you, what is your risk tolerance? What is mm -hmm. your, right? Yeah. And then based on that, they're able to recommend, you know, if you're young, then more aggressive because you have more time to, you know, recover. If you're, you know, if you're near retirement, much more conservative. Short-term rentals is an investment. Mm -hmm. Your investment thesis or your risk tolerance, I could probably make some people a lot more money, but they would lose sleep at night because they're not seeing what they're comfortable with. Then that's not the right strategy for you, mm. right? I could also make someone a lot less money, but they're able to sleep at night. But, you know, it's still more than what they, they were making or that they, they needed. That is the right strategy for that, that individual. I love that because... I, and what I think the key there is when you're comfortable, you're really not doing as well as you can. Just like when we talk about you're comfortable, you're not growing. Is there a way for you to just kind of help some people that are listening right now? They're, they're fearing the changing the strategy. They're like, but John, I am 90% booked for the next 60 days. And that makes me really happy because I don't have to worry about it. And they're hearing this and now they're saying, well, maybe I'm leaving money on the table. Maybe I need to increase my price, but I'm scared to do that. Any way that you, anything that you can say to that person right now? We could still get to that 90% booked, you know, within the last 90 days or what, 30 days. But again, it doesn't just happen overnight, but it takes time to get to it. But we can adjust that approach. So how and when you get the bookings can get it to a point where you're still making potentially more money, mm. but you're, you're achieving that comfort level of having that 30 days at 90%. The last thing I recommend is to go out and just say, okay, let's, let's make all these changes and see what happens. One of the ways that I, not one of the ways that we approach revenue management, Price Labs, your house have a lot of levers, right? A lot of settings. We layer it. What does this, this lever do? Okay. This will make this change, this adjustment either close in or far out. What does this do? And so we're thinking of it as like a layers of strategies that are on top of each other that then execute your overall strategy. Does that make sense? It does. It does. I want to get away from strategy for a second, talk more about tech tape. And I want you to share just maybe one or two client experiences uh, with us of people who just got great results with using your services. Yep. So I have a large portfolio client and a client with one, uh, one unit. I'll start with the one unit uh, client. So this, is, this client has a house in a C plus B minus neighborhood in New Jersey. Mm -hmm. And it's not the beach. It's not the shore. 
It's again, it's a it's a town where a lot of people would roll up their windows as they're driving through, right? But it is a historic mansion. The owner, and it's about a one million dollar value property between acquisition and renovations when he purchased it. Twenty twenty one, he ran the he did revenue management, uh, you know, using Real House or Price Labs. I forget what what it was. And he brought in $185,000 gross revenue, which is good. Very, very respectable performance, yeah. right? January of 2022, I came on board. About 35% of the calendar was already booked by him. And for me, that's not a good thing, but that's that, that's a situation sure. that we started with. You'd probably like to start with a blank canvas. Exactly. Yeah. So 2022, we ended the year with $250,000 in gross wow. revenue. Wow. So, and no updates or no renovations, right? It was literally the same exact property. Wow. That's amazing. So, so almost, yeah. almost 40% of the calendar was already booked. And with that remaining 60%, 65%, really, you were able to get him roughly 25 to 30% more revenue than the year before. That's amazing. And then he sold it to one of his buddies, right? And now his buddy has a much higher risk tolerance. And I'm continuing to manage the revenue for this property. 2023, we're on track for $300,000 in gross booking revenue. Wow. But he did do some, you know, appliance replacements and whatnot. And mm-hmm. he has a much more aggressive stance to try to maximize revenue, right? So this time there was some, you know, some shift in, in the physical property and the risk profile that I keep mentioning, right? So it's not just me. It's we're calibrating to his risk profile. So that's a small property, you know, one property. I have another client who has 42 properties and fall of, you know, this past year. So 2022, things were really slow in his market and, you know, his calendar was empty or very low. And so we started working together and we got it up and running. And by January, everything was humming along. And uh, he said, you know what? I think I got this, right? Uh, And again, people can leave. No hard feelings, right? We don't want people into like a long contract or anything. But what I did say, hey, why don't you leave, you know, a handful of properties with me and take the rest? It's good. You know, let's, you know, let's just compare. Yeah. Month and a half later, he emailed me, emergency, can you take everything back? Right. (laughs) And what he he was doing was um, he had a buddy who was a revenue manager, a hotel revenue manager. And, you know, this buddy was essentially then seeing what I was doing and trying to mimic it. And I'd say they, he got some bookings that were higher ADR than the settings that I had. But as a whole, the calendar was, you know, was sitting empty. Oh boy. And so right now, you know, we're still working together now. We've stabilized his, uh, his portfolio of all properties. And now we get on routine calls talking about strategy, about right, what are we looking for over you know, the next month, three months, six months. And making sure the strategy is in alignment with what he needs out of his business. Awesome. Do you do that with all of your clients or just ones with larger portfolios getting on strategy calls? This is a very high touch service. Mm-hmm. Um, th- again, this is not built as SaaS and for, you know, no human being. There's a human being working on this. Mm. So, you know, about once a- it, it doesn't have to be on a clock, but we do like to sit. We get better results if we're in alignment. So we want to get on a call with our clients and talk about strategy so that 
we're, you know, we're headed in the same direction. Awesome. What else should people know about working with you? What the process is like? Um, is it just as simple as here's my portfolio and go start pricing or um, is there anything else that they should know? And by the way, for those of you that are listening live, I did just drop the link in the comments. And for those of you that are listening on replay, uh, you're going to find this on YouTube in the description and on the podcast in the podcast notes um, so that you can go ahead and get a call set up and, um, and take that next step with John. So John, what, what, what does that process look like? It's fairly straightforward once, you know, we agree to work together. It's not, you know, just, hey, you know, take over. But um, we do need to connect not only to your Price Labs or Real House account, but there is some backend connections that we need to make. So there's a bit of manual back and forth. Sometimes there's a 2FA, you know, but we do need connection access to the OTAs and your you know, your PMS and things of that nature so that we have a very solid connection. It takes about two to three months for everything to start kicking in. Uh, so once we connect, we're not trying to disrupt your business. We want to transition from where you are to get you to the strategy that you want to go to. We don't charge for the bookings that are already booked before we connect. So oftentimes folks that we start working with the first month, first two months, Sometimes it's like we don't charge anything. So we don't have mm. a setup fee, right? We're not, we want you to succeed and we don't want to create the barriers of entry for you to uh, come on. Once the two, three month process gets rolling, most of our clients start seeing either the highest ADR booking that they've gotten or higher occupancy or something that starts indicating that, you know, something is different. And then from that point on, I guess the best way to explain the experience is a lot of people get onto Price Labs or Real House do like a set it and forget it. Yeah. Working with us, it's kind of like a set it and forget it, except there's someone there um, always looking at it, but you don't yeah. need to be you know, focused on it all the time. That's great. That's really good. So John, when people go to this link, they're just setting up a call to learn more and for you to give them a little bit more uh, value on, on their portfolio and what the, the next steps would be? Yes, um, because it's not SaaS, like, I don't think we would ever be able to not understand who you are and what your portfolio is about for us to start getting started. We need to know a little bit about your portfolio. Okay. Uh, but Kyle, um, I don't know if you're going to mention it, but because, you know, you're, we're good friends, uh, we do have a discount code for people who are watching this. Uh, and if you use that discount code when you're signing up, um, and it's fearless 2023. And I think Kyle, you're going to place that to provide a 10% discount for life Great. off of our service. And that's, uh, John, just so I'm making sure the link that you sent me with the fearless 2023 and that link will automatically do that. So they don't have to put it in themselves. Is that correct? It, yes, it, that's correct. But even if, if, if in our conversation, you say, you know, you, you, you found me through Kyle. Yeah, it still works. Okay, cool. <laughs> they they're gonna sign up and then they're gonna say it and they're gonna get two ten percent discounts, right? No, I'm just messing. <laughs> uh, you can you can provide the second ten percent. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Um, all right, guys. Well, I see I see Amanda just commented. She said she's already signed up for a, a call tomorrow, so that's awesome. So go make an appointment with John and 
just just get your properties looked at, right? Like for me, I'm even sitting here being like, man, you know, I think I do this pretty well, but I know John and his team do this much better than me. And so, you know, shoot, John, you might you might be having me sign up as as a client. Who knows? <laughs> so book a call. Yeah. I'm fine. Like even in the back of your mind, you're like, I'm not going to yeah. sign up. I'm happy to have that first initial conversation just to just to learn about you, right? So, you know, again, I'm not going to start pricing for you, but we right. can have a conversation and uh, you get one call, pick my brain. Awesome. John, uh, if people are not ready to get a call booked, what are just some other ways that they can follow you or connect with you maybe online? So I'm very active on LinkedIn. That's my social media of choice. Okay. Uh, if you look up uh, John on or Tech Tape, You'll find me when you, if you're trying to connect with me, just mention how you found me. Cause uh, mm. I'm, we're getting more and more just like spammy kind of uh, connections. And so I just want to make sure that, um, you know, I, I connect with you. All right. Awesome. John, you are the man and especially the man of revenue management. Thank you so much for jumping on today and helping our audience and conquer the world of short-term rentals. Thanks, Kyle. Um, I really I follow you. I appreciate everything that you, you know, you do for the industry. So uh, thanks for having me on. Appreciate you too, man. All right. Once again, guys, if you just want to follow John's content, go to his LinkedIn, or if you want to actually set up a call and it's zero pressure, it's free. You can go ahead and get that behind the scenes, look at your business and what John can do to your revenue. If you just click on the link down below in the YouTube description or in the podcast notes, that's going to do it for us here on the Fearless Investor Podcast. We're helping you to conquer the world of short-term rentals. See you next time. Hey, Fearless Investor community. Thanks again for listening to this episode of the Fearless Investor. If you haven't already, please subscribe and leave a five-star review. And for more free content, check out my YouTube channel, also called the Fearless Investor, and our website, www.fearlesskyle.com. Until next time, keep on conquering the world of short-term rentals.